0: Let's now turn to the book of Revelation. And when you turn to the book of Revelation, turn to chapter 3. And in chapter 3, we're going to read verses 15 and 16. So turn to Revelation 3, 15 through 16. And after you turn to Revelation 3, 15 and 16, if you could please stand to honor the reading of God's Word. And it says in Revelation 3, 15 and 16, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spit you out of my mouth. God bless and honor the reading of His Word, and you may be seated. Now last week, I preached a sermon by the name of Cold Symptoms. You might remember it if you were here. If not, maybe you saw it on on, uh, the internet. Maybe not. But uh, we talked about cold symptoms. We talked about having cold feet serving the Lord. We talked about being cold-blooded. We talked about having cold shoulder. We talked about being cold-hearted or being cold as ice. And we talked about other things, too, along with that being cold. And I used (laughs) a character as an example I used a character by the name of Mr. Freeze at the time. And I almost used another character, but I, I wanted to use some of the lines from his movie. I almost used Iceman, which is a character from the X-Men. I almost used that, but I didn't. Instead, I used that one that I mentioned a moment ago. But using all that, what about hot stuff? We talked about cold stuff. Now it's time to talk about hot stuff. And with that, I'll use another character by the name of the Human Torch. He was When I was a kid, he used to hurt me just by looking at him because... He was always on fire, he had kind of a hot temper, and sometimes they'd team him up with Iceman, who was always cold, because they were kind of opposites of one another, both of them being teenagers who were blonde with blue eyes, but I always found him very interesting, very interesting. So what about hot stuff? Now there's a lot of hot things we could talk about, and I realize the weather's not hot yet, but it's a lot warmer than it was a week ago and the week before, so we can at least talk about that. So what about some hot stuff? Well, some people like to talk about hot buttered rum. That's not my thing. But with hot buttered rum and hot pockets, maybe you've had that. Maybe some people want to talk about hot tamales, literal hot tamales, you know, the, the little wrapping thing. Or candy called hot tamales, which I used to enjoy that, although it burned my tongue a little bit. Or how about hot dogs or hot sauce? Now, I'll admit, my tongue is a little bit sensitive, but some hot sauces I can handle. Some, not so much. How about hot Apple pies and hot apple cider—I like those, especially in the fall time. Boy, I really like them, especially at apple fest. We know those. <laughs> and then there's my favorite at times, especially in the winter time, Christmas time especially. There's hot chocolate or hot cocoa—you might call it—with a hot fudge sundae. Oh, that's real good, real good. not good for you, but boy, it tastes good together. Now, I personally like those things. And then there's another thing you can talk about when it comes to eating, at least. And that is uh, some stuff when they say, man, that's really hot. Have you ever had that? People say, boy, that's really hot. Now, that can mean one or two things when they say it's really, really hot. In fact, it happened to me last night. I went to a friend's house, and we had a good time uh, over there watching something. But they served us some food, and it was good. But I noticed I went to eat something that they had served. And one of them I went to eat, and it was really hot. And I says, oh, I'll wait till that cools down because it was hot in temperature. And I went to try to eat the other one. But it was too hot. But this time it was too hot with spice. It was too hot and spicy because I didn't realize they had like jalapenos and and different spicy sauces on it. So one was too hot and the other was too hot. (laughs) But there's different types of hot. And that's sometimes what people mean when they say it's too hot. So the title of today's sermon is Hot Stuff. Last week's was Cold Symptoms. Today's Hot Stuff. So what kind of stuff can we talk about when it's hot? Well, lots of things. Maybe you've heard the saying known as hot foot. Maybe you have a, a hot foot, and, and usually what that means is something that's going really fast when you you have a hot foot, or to get away fast when you have a hot foot. Maybe you've heard of the phrase, a hot potato. Uh, hot potato, hot potato. I mean, with, with that, you uh, it means to drop something because they, they think it's too hot. Oh, <clears throat> drop something, or to, to throw it away because they feel like it's, it burns them. So it's a hot potato. Uh, people do that sometimes, or Hotcakes. Now, my mom made me some pancakes the other day. Hotcakes is another word for hotcakes. Sometimes when people feel like it's a hotcakes, they say it's moving fast. There was an old saying. They say, boy, they're moving like hotcakes. Moving like hotcakes because back in the day, really the Depression, people would buy a lot of hotcakes because they were cheap enough and they can make them easy enough. So they're moving like hotcakes. It's moving real fast in big numbers. That's what it means. Or kind of like what he's talking about, cold-blooded. There's a saying of being hot-blooded. It means very emotional, very emotional in either anger or love. And a lot of times people think being hot button only means in an emotional, in other words, love or lust. But it could mean being anger too. Or a hot button, when they're talking about a hot button topic, a controversial, controversial topic, emotional subject. Or a hot mess. Boy, they're a hot mess. That means they're very disorganized, messy, or chaotic. Or some people say this, hot to trot, which means they're very impatient. They're moving all over the place. Now, all of these things we just talked about, hot foot, hot potato, hot cakes, hot blooded, hot topic, hot mess, and hot to trot, every single one of these are emotional situations. And every single one of these things are things that people do sometimes when they don't want to wait or they want to drop something. I've seen people who are sometimes so hot-footed that they don't want to wait for God. I've seen people do that. They don't want to wait for God. They want to do things in their own timing. Maybe you've been that way. I've seen people who want to drop things like a hot potato when God wants to give it to them. I've seen people who hear about things God wants to tell them or wants them to do, but they want to drop it like a hot potato. I've seen it happen. I've seen things that, that come off as hot cakes right off the press. Maybe that it's a new, confounded thing that people are talking about of the Lord. By the way, there's nothing new under the sun, as the Bible says. Nothing new under the sun. Some people say, have you heard about the new book? They just discovered from the Bible. Folks, nothing's been newly discovered from the Bible. They just put a new title on it. But I'm glad that people wanted to to read the Bible. That's great. But be very careful. If it's going like hotcakes, the Bible should be going like hotcakes, and people should be studying it every day, but not because someone just put a new title on it. If it's going like hotcakes, be very careful. Be very careful. It's a new, confounded thing that they come up with. If it's going like hot cakes, let me just tell you something. You're going to grow hungry again. Because that's the thing about pancakes. The thing like about hot about hotcakes is you can eat them real quick, and you can make a whole lot of them, but you'll become hungry real quick again. Isn't that right? You ever notice that? People say that about Chinese food, too. Yeah, man, you can eat a whole bunch real quick, but then you're going to grow hungry again. That's the problem with something like that, those empty calories. And then there's a hot-button topic. There's a, or excuse me, I skipped one. Hot-blooded. Very emotional, very angry, very... A lot of people get very hot-blooded about biblical things. Have you noticed that? If you bring up something about the Bible, people get very emotional about it. Very emotional. They don't want to hear it, especially if they don't agree with it. Oh, be careful. People get very emotional, either for the good or the bad. Then there's the hot-button topics. Things in the Bible, just like I said, emotional. They don't like it because it doesn't go to their measurements. Well, folks, we're not supposed to measure the Bible to us. We're supposed to measure us to the Word of God, the Bible Jesus. We know that, we talk about it, we will again, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Then there's the hot mess, disorganized, messy, chaotic. How many people are a hot mess because they're not putting themselves, <laughs> you don't need to raise your hands, but I understand I'm that way too. I'm not a very organized guy. You should see my office, I'm not an organized guy. I'm, that, I'm just that way, my poor mom has to help me get things organized, and about two minutes later, bleep, it looks like, that's why Pen is probably my favorite uh, uh, Charlie Brown character. Because Pen and I are so much alike. I, I kid you not. And then uh, hot to trot, impatient, want to do things on their own time. Now, 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 now. If God is really speaking to me, he will tell me what to do right here, right now. Right. Listen, you don't tell God what to do. He tells you what to do and when to do it. Too many people are that way. They're impatient. They want these things right now. We're too uh, too much emotion. We're not to let our emotions guide us. But people do this too often. But I have a verse. I have a verse to help us with this. This verse is 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And I got to tell you something. I don't have to tell you this, but I will. Just this week, I was being impatient. I was being emotionally guided for just a moment. And then all of a sudden, this, this verse just happened to come up one of my daily verses, and I, I read it, and I said, okay, God, I'll shut up. <laughs> I told you what i say to myself all the time. All right, big boy, be calm, be cool. But I was reading this verse. I said, all right, Lord, you're 100%. He was always 100% right, by the way. We're not. But I went to read this, and listen to this verse. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. No temptation has taken you except what is common to man. That means mankind, by the way, not just men physically. Except what is common to man. God is faithful and he will not permit you to be tempted above what you can endure, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, what does that mean? That means you have the Holy Ghost. You have the Holy Spirit. You have a way out. In other words, if a temptation comes to you, no matter what it might be, because I'm not going to get through a list, it could be a long list. Maybe it's a temptation of an appetite of some sort, a spiritual appetite, a physical appetite of some sort of lust or whatever. And it could be a long one. Each one is different. We're all different. All of us are different and all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us are different. Whatever that temptation is, remember, I've heard it so many times, I couldn't help myself. Yes, you could. Okay, so maybe on your own you can't, but you're not alone. You're not alone. You have Jesus Christ, the Lord God, with you. It's always helpful for those who want to go to the flesh, because I've done it. But I wanted to say those things, so I did. Or I wanted to do those things, so I did. But when you're truly listening to the Lord, you don't have to be hot-headed. You don't have to be like a hot but hot potato, hot cakes, hot, uh, the hot button, hot mess, hot trot. You don't have to be those ways. But we choose, don't we? We choose to eat all those hot cakes. <laughs> we choose to. The other day, speaking of hot cakes, the other day my mom made a huge plate of pancakes. I didn't eat them all. Surprise, I know. Hold back. I wanted to. She made this beautiful, beautiful, buttery plate of hot... Now, this is why it's really funny. I used to hate pancakes. I used to hate them. I found out I didn't hate them all that much. That's a problem. Because they're good. But I'm going to tell you something. Not always good for you when you have too many. And I saw a huge plate. My temptation told me, go ahead and eat them all. It's all right. But I didn't. At least not that day. But the truth is, is, I decided to wait and do what's right. But there was a part of me that said, go ahead, nobody's watching. You ever had temptations like that? You don't have to tell me. But nobody would have stopped me. Would have made me a worse of a human being? No. But don't do it. You don't have to give in to that temptation. And I'm glad I didn't. (laughs) But either way. Well, there's other types of hot. Hot under the collar. You ever heard of that? You're hot under the collar. What does that mean? Well, let's talk about that for a minute. Because there's other hots that go with that. There's hot under the collar, hot-headed, hot-tempered, and boiling hot. Boy, he was boiling hot. Did you ever hear that one? <laughs> Boy, I've heard it. Because they all go together. Those do anyway. Hot under the collar. He was hot-headed, hot-tempered, boiling hot. Now, I've, I've known some women that way who get that way. But I've known a lot of men that way. Very hot-tempered, boiling hot, hot-headed, hot under the collar. These are all ways of losing your temper or get angry very quickly. Let's now turn to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26 through 32. And it says in Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 26 to 32, it says, Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger or your wrath, depending on the version, means the same thing. Do not give place to the devil. Let him who steals, steal no more. Instead, let him labor, working with his hands, Things which are good, that he may have something to share with him who is in need. Let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth, but only that which is good for building up, that it may give grace to the listeners, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, in whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, outbursts, and blasphemies with all malice be taken away from you, be, and be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ also forgave you. Now I know what it's like to be angry and upset, and I've done it, and I've said stupid things. I've used this as an example before, but one character that comes to me all the time is Donald Duck, always throwing a fit, or Yosemite Sam, or some of those kinds of characters, always angry. And spitting out words of frustration. I understand it. But we're not to have that fiery tongue as we sometimes have. Well, listen to what it says in James chapter 3, verse 6. It says in James chapter 3, verse 6, The tongue is a fire, a world of evil. The tongue is among the parts of the body, defiling the whole body. And setting the course of nature on fire. And it is set on fire by hell. Now, folks, what does this mean? Oh, the, the tongue is evil. No, the tongue is not evil. God gave us the tongue. But what we do with it, it can be good or evil. What do we choose to do? I wish I could tell you everything I've ever said is good. But that'd be a lie. I wish I could tell you that I am not tempted at times to say bad things. But I, what we got to do is call God, upon God to say, no, 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 no. God, you direct the path. There's an old saying about the tail wags the dog. That's not how it's supposed to be. The dog is supposed to wag the tail. Folks, we don't have a tail, but we do have a tongue, and a tongue is not supposed to wag us. We're supposed to wag the tongue, so to speak. We're supposed to control it. Let God control our tongue. In Proverbs 14, 29, Proverbs 14, 29 says, He who is slow to wrath is of great understanding, he who is hasty of spirit exalts folly. We bring so much trouble just because we're quick-tempered and we say stupid things. I know it happens. I've done it. Perhaps you haven't. Or perhaps you haven't. if you have, don't beat yourself up over it if you said something wrong. Maybe you have today. Maybe you will tomorrow. But if you are even tempted to, just stop and wait. Don't beat yourself up, but learn from that moment. Proverbs 16.32. There is even one in Proverbs 15, but I'm not going to quote that day. Proverbs 16.32. Proverbs 16.32 says this. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. Now, it doesn't say almighty, but the mighty, the mighty in this world. And he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. How can we have that mighty power? Now, a lot of times people, they try to rely on themselves. But, folks, if you're only relying on your ability of power, you will fail. I know because I've tried that before. Well, I can say no. Uh huh. But you don't need to rely upon your own ability. Rely upon the ability of the Holy Spirit because that's what leads you and guides you. Proverbs 29, verse 22. Proverbs 29 verse 22, an angry man cuz I say this a lot and it's very true, an angry man stirs up strife. And the furious man abounds in transgression. Another man, in other words, an angry man stirs up strife and trouble, and a furious man abounds in transgression, which is a part of sin. We don't need to be that way. No, no, no. Okay, so what's another word for hot? Well, <laughs> I just taken the word hot here and there's so many different definitions. I was looking them up this week and I already knew some of these and I did, but it's kind of funny when you're a kid, you'll hear he's hot. She's hot. In fact, that was a part of a song one time. He's hot. She's hot. But here's a, here's the different definitions of the word hot for he or she hot. Number one, good looking, desirable or attractive. I'm sure you've heard that. He's hot. She's hot. And when I was a kid, the people would say that it was dumb, but that's what they'd say. Or they say, He's hot. What does that mean? Mad. That was number two definition. Hot, either being good looking, desirable, attractive, or mad. Or number three definition. He's hot. Temperature. He was burning up hot. Or sometimes the temperature means their temperature was hot. They had a fever. And then another one. When they say they're hot, meaning they were on fire, doing great. You hear that sometimes when, like tonight when the Chiefs win the, uh, the game, uh, Lord willing. They say, man, he's on fire. He's hot. He's doing great. That means he's unstoppable. Or whenever they say number five definition, he's hot on the trail. That means he's getting real close to solving the uh, situation here. Here's another, number six boy, he's hot, meaning he's going by illegal means. The, the cops are on him. He's really hot right now. He, that means he's uh, basically doing a lot of illegal things. In fact, what he took was hot, meaning it's stolen. So there there's six, at least six, and there was even more, but I wasn't going to go through them all. Six means right there. There is a lot of others. And yes, hot meaning it's stolen. So there, what, what can we do about this? Well, let's now look at Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, and in this we're going to look at verses 16 through 24. First of all, yes, is it wrong to think someone's attractive? No, not really, but we don't want to get into a lustful nature, and people do that, and we don't necessarily think it's wrong for someone to be angry, but not to, as like we said a while ago, not to let the anger take control over you. Uh, is it wrong for someone to have a temperature? Of course not, but that's also a physical thing. Or for someone to be doing well? No, but sometimes people let greed take over. Is it wrong for someone to be close on the trail? Obviously not, but uh, still, and of course, illegal, yes, it's wrong to be doing things illegally. We know all this, but all these things can be fleshly if you're not careful, for the most part, all these things. So let's take a look now to chapter 5 of Galatians, verse 16 through 24. And it says this I say then, walk in the Spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the flesh lust against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. These are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are revealed, which are these adultery, sexual immorality, impurity lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, rage, selfishness, dissensions, heresies, envy, murderers, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. I warn you, as I previously warned you, that those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness and self-control. Against such there is no law. Those who are who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and lusts. We need to be very careful. We need to be very careful not to always give into what we want to do, but what we need to do in the spirit. I know it can be hard sometimes not to give in to these things. But through Jesus Christ, what's possible? All things are possible through Jesus. With this, with this there's another expression. You're in hot water. Maybe you've heard that phrase. I burned my fingers just last night because it's was in hot water. Burn <laughs> burned my fingers. Oh, I don't like that. But when you're in hot water, the expression means you're in big trouble. Giving in to fleshly desires, oftentimes, most of the time, gets you in hot water. Does it not? How many times people, just this week, I saw a person who I've known most of my life, known of most of my life, uh, gave in to fleshly desires. And because of that, they are now in very hot water. Because of giving in to fleshly desires. So what happens? Big trouble. Hot water. These fleshly ways lead to sin. Sometimes there's sin already, but sin is the way uh, to the next hot that we're going to get into. This hot water, though, let's, let's read a couple verses that will help us with this. Proverbs 14, 17. Now, we read of Proverbs 14, 29 a while ago, but right now we're going to read Proverbs 14, 17. It says, he who is quick-tempered deals foolishly, and the man of wicked devices is hated. A man of wicked ways is hated. And it's true, right now, it may not seem like it's that big of a deal to do fleshly things. It may not seem like a big deal at all. Well, I'm only human. Well, we've already said you're not only human because you have Jesus. You don't need to do that. Or Proverbs 29, 11. A fool utters, this is Proverbs 29, 11. A fool utters in his mind, but the wise man keeps it in until afterwards. I'm going to say it again. A fool utters all, A fool utters all his mind, a fool utters all his mind, but a wise man keeps it in until afterwards. In other words, you might say stuff in your mind, and yes, yes, technically, it's a sin to be thinking things. But folks, I realize what's in our mind can come out. I get that. But it's one thing, let's say you you smash your finger, and you might think something poorly in your mind. and, And I'm sorry, Lord. I'm so sorry, Lord. But isn't it far worse to scream it out loud, and then you have to apologize, not just to God, but to everybody? Isn't that far worse? Now, I've had some people say, no, it's just as bad. Well, I know we're getting into, you know, technicalities here. But it's only between you and God then. Otherwise, it's between you, God, and everybody. No, it is far worse to not only think it, but then to literally do it. It is far worse. James 1, 19 through 20. James 1, 19 through 20. Therefore, my beloved brothers, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of a man does not work the righteousness of God. Now, I'm not always slow to speak, unfortunately. (laughs) But it's not just about speaking. This is what it says again. James 1, 19 through 20. Therefore, my brothers, let every man be swift to hear, listen to God, slow to speak and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not work the righteousness of God. In other words, we're to let God speak through us. Don't let our own words, our own things come out. Because if we let anger come out, that's not showing the righteousness of God. I, not that long ago, was speaking to a Christian brother, and in that conversation, and this was a phone call, in that conversation, I, I lost count of how many uh, uh, curse words were spoken, and this was not a person who got angry. This was just a person who was speaking a normal conversation, they said, well, God doesn't really mind that, and I thought, well, yeah, he does, Now I would love to tell you that I've never slipped and said things I shouldn't have ever said, but here's the truth. Not that God thinks it's okay to do that, but at least if a person, and again, I'm not making excuses, at least I don't mean to be, but at least if a person has slipped out of frustration, at least you can understand that they did a stupid thing because they were not being themselves, and they let the flesh overtake them. But if a person is making excuses, saying God doesn't mind that, they're making an excuse for the flesh to overcome the spirit. No, we're not to do that. Always come back to God, say, God, that's wrong of me, and I apologize, and let the spirit win out. Let the Spirit win out so you can change. That's how it needs to be. Speaking of words that shouldn't be said, there's another phrase for hot. People say hot as heck, or, hot as Hades, and then another phrase, hot as hell, they say. Now, that could be used in the curse word way, which I'm not using it like that. I'm talking about the actual place. Now, the reason why I want to say that phrase, not because I'm using it in a curse word manner, but because people do use it like that all the time, Sadly but I'm using it in a literal place right now because there really is a place called hell. When people use it in a curse word way, they're being stupid, but they also, a lot of times, and I just heard it this week, and by the way, I wasn't looking for it, but while I was already getting the sermon prepared, sitting on YouTube and other places, I saw celebrities and others talking about that they don't believe in hell Or they were talking about, I'm going to go to hell, I'm going to have a party. And I even saw on a talk show, late night talk show, now I wasn't looking up the talk show, but I saw a minister talking about how sad it is that celebrities and famous people were joking about hell and even sang a song on a late night show about how they're going to party in hell, can't wait to get to hell, or they're going to have barbecues and all this stuff. No, that's not funny. It's actually sad. And instead of saying, yeah, they're going to go to hell and ha ha ha, good for them, I can't wait to, no, no, no. We shouldn't be mad at them. Yes, you can be mad at the devil. Angry that they joke about that. Pray for them. Please do. Pray for celebrities. Pray for uh, politicians. Pray for people you see on TV. Pray for all people on the news and all that. Pray for everyone you see. You don't know where they stand. But pray for them, even if you don't like them. I say especially if you don't like them, pray for them, because that works on you too. Pray for them. God died so that all may go to heaven. God died and came as Jesus' His son so that all may go to heaven. That doesn't mean that maybe everyone's going. No, no. So that they have the ability to go to heaven. So pray that no one will go to hell. I don't want anyone, and I know you don't want anyone to go to hell. But hell is a real place and it's nothing to joke about. I've heard even Christians joke around about hell. Don't joke about hell. It's nothing to joke about. It's real. It's a real place. In fact, it says in Matthew twenty-three, thirty-three, Jesus said to those people, those people who believe themselves to be better than others, he says, "You serpents!" To the Pharisees and Sadducees, he said, "You serpents! You generation of vipers! How can you escape the judgment of hell?" He said this to them. He said in Matthew, we could turn to it now. Matthew thirteen, in Matthew chapter thirteen. Verses 36 through 43. He said this. I'll give you a second. In Matthew chapter 13, verses 36 through 43, Jesus said this. Now there's a lot He said about hell. An awful lot. In fact, you know they spoke more about hell than they did heaven? I mean, if you buy a bottle of pills They have a lot of times even more warning than they do talking about the good stuff it's going to do for you. And you know why they do that. So it will help you not to take the bad. Be careful of doing this wrongly. They don't want you to be hurt. Christ was trying to warn people. What was coming? What was coming? If you do not ask Jesus Christ into your heart as your personal Lord and Savior, it's not just enough to believe that God is real. Satan believes God is real, and yet Satan is going to go to hell. He already has a place waiting for him. He's not in hell already. It's not his throne room. It's not a party place. It's not a barbecue session. People are burning for eternity there, and it's not a place to joke about. I don't know about you, but I don't want to joke about people that I know some of my loved ones have gone to and are going to. I'm not joking about people's death, eternal death. There's no way out. I'm not going to joke about it. I've dreamt about being there when I was in the hospital. I've talked about it before. It was a horrible pain I was having. I could feel literal pain and burning all over me. I'm glad I've dreamt that. Oh, I didn't appreciate it at the time. It hurt. But I'm glad I did so I can know what I'm trying to preach about and against. I don't want people to suffer. I felt like I was never going to get out of that burning sensation I was having all over my body. But now I know that they will never, ever, ever, ever get out of it. I remember at times thinking, man, Lord, I wish I had gotten, I thought I was going to be saved. And folks, there are people who are really going to feel that. I thought I was saved. And they're not. Please preach the gospel with love and compassion and kindness. Don't let them feel good for the moment if they're not saved. So what does it say in Matthew 13, 36 through 43? Then Jesus sent the crowds away and went into the house. And his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us a parable of the weeds of the field. And he answered, He who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. And the good seed are the sons of the kingdom, but the weeds are the sons of the evil one. The enemy who sowed them is the, is the devil. The harvest the harvest." is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the weeds are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of the world. The Son of the Man shall send out his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all that offended and those who do evil, and will throw them into a fiery furnace. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth, Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Praise God. If You've asked Jesus in your heart as a personal Lord, Savior, you're going to go to heaven when you leave this world. But there are far more in this world who do not know him. And they mock the Lord. They mock Heaven, and they mock hell because they want to believe in their heart that it's not real. But it is. And sadly, they're on their way. And it's so sad. I don't want. And we know that God doesn't want because he came as a son to save them. And I know you don't want them to go to hell. I know you love them. We may not love the way they speak, but we love them. 2 Peter 2. 2 Peter 2 through 12 says this. This is an interesting thing. 2 Peter 2-12, 2 Peter 2-12 through says this, And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. And in their greed they will exploit you with deceptive words their judgment made long ago does not linger, and their destruction does not slumber. For if God did not spare the angels that sinned, he's talking about demons now. For if God did not spare the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be kept for judgment, verse 5, and if he did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, a preacher of righteousness with seven others, when he uh, brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly, and if He condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to destruction by reducing them to ashes, making them an example to those afterward who would live ungodly lives, and He delivered righteous Lot, who was distressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked, for the righteous man lived among them, and what he saw and heard of their lawless deeds tormented his righteous soul day after day, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trial and to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment, especially those who walk after the flesh in pursuit of unclean desires and despise authority. They are presumptuous and arrogant and are not afraid to slander the angelic beings. Whereas angels who are greater in power and might do not bring slander slanderous accusations against them before the Lord. But these people are like irrational animals born to be captured and destroyed. They speak evil of the things that they do not understand, and in their corruption they will be destroyed. They shall receive the wages of unrighteousness. They count it all pleasure to carouse in the daytime. They are blots and blemishes to revel in their own deception while they carouse together with you. They have eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin. They entice unstable souls. Their hearts are trained in greed. They are cursed children. You see, I went on a little further, but here's the thing. These people are bound to hell, and it's sad. God doesn't want them that way, and that is why we can see in the book of Revelation That God has something for the devil. That he doesn't have for we who are saved by the blood of Jesus. So if you'll turn with me again to the book of Revelation like we had earlier, but this time it's the book of Revelation chapter 20. Because in the book of Revelation chapter 20, this is what it says in verse 10. Revelation 10, or excuse me, Revelation 20 verse 10. And 14 and 15. But let's look at verse 10 first. It says in Revelation chapter 20 verse 10... The devil, who deceived them, was cast into the lake of fire. Folks, this hasn't happened yet, but it will. This was whenever John, the apostle, got to see what was going to happen. And can you imagine? Can you imagine what it's going to be like when the devil... It finally gets his dues and it's going to happen, folks. It's going to happen and it could be any time. But when it happens, when it's going to happen, oh, folks, when it's going to happen, don't you know the great rejoicing that's going to happen? The great rejoicing that's going to happen amongst all of us who are finally with the Lord in that glorious day. Listen to what it says. Revelation chapter 20, verse 10. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophets were. They will be tormented day and night for a little while. That's not what it says. It says what? Forever and ever. And then it says in Revelation 20, verse 14 and 15, then death at Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. This is hard. I think about so many people that I love. It's People I don't even know, some of them who we may know of, that we see on television, or that we've read about in history, many who don't know the Lord. This is what it says. Then death and Hades were cast from the lake of fire. This is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found, written in the book of life. That means anyone who's not saved, all the lost. It says, anyone whose name was not found, written in the book of life, was cast, into the lake of fire." Eternal death, eternal heat, eternal fire, eternally hot. I've heard people say to me, well, we don't know if it's really hot. It could just be an e- internal thing. It could, maybe it's just using figure." Listen, folks, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's literally a fire. It's gonna be hot, they're gonna be miserable, they're gonna be burned for eternity. There's no way out. Have you ever accidentally touched an oven or touched a, a stove on top by just for a split second? Not intentionally. Remember last night I told you? Last night I, I went to eat the uh, two sandwiches uh, my friend made. One was physically hot, temperature. And I was like, huh. you know, I burnt my tongue just for a split second. I was like, well, I'll try the other sandwich. And then that was spicy hot. Both of them burnt me <laughs> just two different ways. You know, the thing is, is, can you imagine being burnt for real inside and out? all eternity. There's no stopping. I mean, whenever that happened, first thing I did was try to take a drink of what I had, uh, because you want to find something to cool it, something to stop it. But when you have nothing to stop it, and it will go on and on and never stop. It said, I think it's the book of Luke, it said that whenever Jesus looked down and saw Lazarus, this, different Lazarus, by the way, he was just using a name, a common name, He said, we looked down and saw Lazarus. Lazarus asked Jesus to cool his tongue when he was in Hades. Can you imagine that? How horrible that is. Horrible. And it says in Revelation 21, verse 8. Here we go again. Revelation 21, 8. Who's going to go to hell? Oh, only the murderers. No. Only those who've done horrible, horrible things in the eyes of of the human beings. No. Only people that you think are worthy to go to hell. No. Only people you don't like. No. By the way, that's not for you to say. It's not for you. You should never hate anyone anyway. Love them. You don't got to like them. But you better love them. That's Christ-like. This is what it says. Revelation 21.8. By the way, if it came back to what we have earned, what we deserve, that's all of us. This is what it says. Revelation 21.8. But the cowardly... The unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the sexually immoral, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all liars, all liars, shall have their portion in the lake of fire, which burns with fire and brimstone. This is the second death. Folks, there's none righteous. No, not one. It's by grace that we are saved. By love that we are saved. By our faith in His grace. Which leaves us to the last point that I'll make today. There's one other type of fire we're going to talk about today. One last type of hot we're going to talk about. The type of heat and fire that you should think about. The one type of fire that you should have. And that is, you should be on fire for Christ. How many Christians do I know who are more like what we were talking about last week, cold or lukewarm? What did Jesus say in the beginning once we were talking about? He was talking about you should be either be hot or cold. But either if you're lukewarm, and this has nothing to do with you, Brother Luke, <laughs> if you're lukewarm, he will spew you out of his mouth. You are to be hot or be cold. Do not be either, I want to be hot, fiery hot for Christ. Let the Holy Spirit burn within me. I want to be, I got to stand up now. I want to be on fire for the Lord God. I'm not just going to be sitting around being cold, like I've been this whole month sitting there with a little blankie on me. No, 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 no. I'm going to be hot, hot, hot for the Lord. All these people, they on fire feeling hot, hot, hot with the Lord God boiling. Let the Holy Spirit get within you. Don't let the world make you feel cold. I'm afraid I'm going to hurt someone's feelings. Folks, your feelings are hurt, not because of you, but because of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit within you, and that's how it's got to be. That's how it's supposed to be. They hated Jesus because they felt like they were wrong, and they were wrong. Without Christ, you can do nothing on your own, nothing. What does it say in Matthew sixteen eight? He said, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church. And listen to what it says now. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What is the rock? It's the church. The gates of hell, hell, the gates of hell, not hell. I mean, that does hit us sometimes. But the gates of hell will not prevail against the church because the church is preaching the gospel of Christ. If it preaches anything else, it's the wrong type of church, which we'll talk about coming up very soon, probably next week. But we are to be preaching about the truth that is Jesus And nothing else. Nothing else. Well, speaking of the church, Acts chapter 4. When the church was first coming about and the rock himself, Peter, was speaking to the people in chapter 4 of Acts. And what did Peter have to say? Well, let's talk about that. Acts chapter 4, verses 10 through 12. Acts 4, 10 through 12. I'll give you one more second. Acts 4, 10 through 12. Okay, that's enough time. Acts 4, 10 through 12. Be it known to you all and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, he's saying to the people of Israel, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead by him, this man stands before you whole. He is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. There is no salvation in any other For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. There's no other way. But, Philip, what if we go, Pastor, what if we go and give money to the poor? That's wonderful. That's so nice of you. I love it. In fact, I don't have a whole lot of money. If you want to come, no. But seriously, seriously, it's really, really nice. But that's not how you get to heaven. That's not how you get to heaven. It's just not. Even me preaching today is not how I'm getting to heaven. It's just not. It's only through the grace and the blood that Jesus shed for us. He is the sacrificial lamb. 2 Corinthians 5.8. Listen to what it says now. You might say, are we sure we're going to heaven? Yes. What can take you from the hands of God? Nothing, nothing, nothing. Look up John chapter 10. Don't worry, I'll have the song finished real soon. And I'm going to say it to y'all. But John chapter 10 tells us that. But listen to what it says in 2 Corinthians 5 8. You know where you're going to go when you leave here. You're not going to hell. There's no such places in between. There's no reward for a second. This is what it says here. No participation award here. This is what it says in 2 Corinthians 5 8. Instead, I say, Paul says, Instead, I say that we are confident and willing to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. The moment I leave here, baby, I'm going straight to be with my Lord and Savior. I can't wait to be with Him, man. The moment I leave here, man, no more headaches. Sorry, Todd and all, you get no more of my money. No more headaches, no more seizures. Maybe I won't have any more anyway. No more, tumor, no more pains, no more arthritis. Maybe you have some pain right now. Your body will not suffer anymore. My grandpa had half a foot because of problems. He has, he's full-footed now, he has a full body. My father, no more cancer, no more heart problems. He is complete. Maybe you've had loved ones who suffered from cancer and they died from it or some other illness. No more, buddy. They are complete. They're complete with Christ. They're not suffering anymore. No more pain. Maybe you know Christians who say, well, if you really have faith, you won't suffer anymore. Lies from the devil. Lies to make you question your faith. You'll suffer here but not when you get there. No more suffering. And just know this. Yes, there's hot stuff on this earth. But when we get there, all will be well. And so I'll say one more time. Some people are hot under the collar. Some people feel hot. or have hot footed situations. They have hot, hot potato. They'll drop the word of God. And they do. I've seen so many lost people drop the Bible like a hot potato. Literally. One time my dad, my dad handed the Bible, or his Uncle Russell, excuse me, handed the Bible and they dropped it. They didn't want to go anywhere near it. And uh, some people will move with things like hotcakes, feel hot-blooded, hot. they have hot button topics. They're like a hot mess, you know, I've talked about all these things. So some people are hot-headed and hot-tempered and boiling hot, but God can take care of that. Other people worry about being hot in so many ways as we spoke about, and they get themselves in hot water. But God can help us with that other people are going to be eternally hot only Christ can get us out of that but if you want to be hot today with the burning flame of the Holy Spirit only Christ can get us burning in that sensation today only Christ and the people can come to the Lord today through that and I close today with John chapter 3 16 through18 for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, to whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him may be saved. He who believeth in Him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of Of the only begotten Son of God. So spread the good news. Because we don't want people suffering with all the hot stuff that is to come for eternity. We want them to know that Christ loved them, wants to save them. And I know that speaking of the Lord is a hot button subject for a lot of people. But folks, don't worry about that. You let Christ speak. Feel that hot, burning sensation of the Holy Spirit. Let's bow in prayer. Lord God, we thank you so much. We thank you, Lord God, that you love us. Despite the fact that we don't deserve it, we know we don't. But we love you, and we thank you for loving us. Lord, we pray, we pray so much, Lord God, that you will lead us and guide us. Lord, use our tongue. Do not let us be the one who guides what is said. But please, Lord God, you speak. I pray that you will help us to know what to do and what not to do. I pray for your will to be done, not just in our lives, but the lives of the people around us. For those who are in our lives, who are headed for eternal hell, I pray for their salvation today. For those around the world, and I know we pray for them daily, but for those around the world that we see, whether it's on television or we read about them or whatever it might be, for everyone, I pray for them. I pray for the Holy Spirit to reach out, Lord God, to reach out to those who are not showing any evidence, even if they say they know you, but they're showing no evidence, or perhaps our loved ones, even our Christian brothers and sisters, have backslidden. I pray, Lord God, that they will turn around today. I pray, Lord God, that this be the beginning day of the Holy Spirit leading them back to being on fire for you. I pray this in your holy, precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen.